Welcome to Ag Matters, a podcast where we talk about both matters of agriculture and why agriculture matters. Here's your host, Dr. Amanda Stone, Mississippi State University Assistant Professor and Extension Dairy Specialist. Welcome to Ag Matters. Um, We are picking up where we left off last week, talking about women in academia, and I have three us on the phone, um, Barb Jones, Lauren Nolan, and Megan Hollis, and we were talking about um, imposter syndrome. Yeah. So that just basically means that you've made it this far, you've worked really hard, you spent, you know, X amount of years in college, you got this degree, and now you're doing a job with your degree, and you just don't feel like you're good enough. Um, You don't feel like you should be here. You're not sure how you got here. You feel like you're letting everybody down, and you just feel like you're masquerading as someone who, you know, should know what they're talking about, but you don't. So I guess you feel like you're not good Mm -hmm. enough. And I struggle. All of us struggle with that, right? We've all we're all friends. We've all talked about it in the past, right? But I think for me, I have a, a four year old, and he has lately, the last month maybe, been saying like, "Girls can't do that," or asking, "Can girls do that?" And for me, that's been shocking. I feel like because he is starting to figure out. You know, he sees only boys playing football, so he assumes that girls can't do that, right? And so with him, I'm. I very vividly say girls can do anything boys can, you know, unless you're doing something with your genitalia, there is no difference between them, you know. And so but then when I go into my normal world, I do struggle with imposter syndrome. And sometimes I struggle with do they not like this because it's not good enough or because I'm not good enough and am I not good enough because I'm a woman or because my background or because the way I look or whatever, you know, and you struggle as you go through experiences and and it's negative experiences, I guess, and you start questioning why that's the case because we all are self-conscious. Maybe not everybody is, but we all are self-conscious about why something didn't happen the way we want it to. And so hearing that from him, I'm very firm about it, but it's ironic because then in my normal life, I'm like, "Mm, not quite the same. (laughs) But there are things with this whole, um, like, and this is getting into a whole different bag of bones, but um, there are things that I feel like men are better at and women are better at, and I think that's okay. Um, I think that women are much more detail-oriented. That's why we make great um, producers and that kind of stuff. Um, So I think we each have our own benefit, like our own pluses and minuses. And so I I think that's okay. Um, But I do agree that at the end of the day, you kind of have that in the back of your head. Like, is it because I'm a female? Is it because I didn't grow up on a farm? Is it because um, X, Y, or Z? So I agree. Um, I just kind of, I don't know, I felt like I needed to put that in there. And I agree. I agree with that. I, I agree with that as well. Um, and, and like I said at the very beginning of this, I think that we've come a long way. And, you know, the, the four of us have been in college for the past 10 plus years. And so I think we've seen some change over the decade. Um, but I do think that we do still have a ways to go. So I think we're, for the most part, in general, taking a step in the positive direction with this whole gender equality situation. But I do still think, obviously, there's room for improvement. Mm-hmm. I personally just with with my son and this is just my personal experience is 
because um, we are right now in Central Texas and very far away from my family. My son gets to come with me a lot, and I think that's kind of cool, and I hope that I can continue to do that because hopefully I can expose him to a lot of situations where he sees uh, a lot of females um, in the charge and then also seeing males that are also doing a, a good job. Like, for example, a couple weeks ago I – I had to speak in Western Texas, and the talk had gotten rescheduled, so I, I didn't have um, any child care. And so he came with me, and I was just in the barn with him, and I was wearing him as um, as the tour was going on. At one point, he got hungry, and so I was feeding him. Um, and another one of my colleagues came along and took a picture and said that I was the ultimate feminist. And to me, I was just being a mom because he was, he was hungry. But those kind of comments I thought were cool, and I hope that my son can continue to see those kind of, you know, women being in charge and, and just doing what they're doing, and hopefully he can um, see that women can do everything that men can, and men can do everything that women can as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I think that's important, and I do that with my children too, but I think that there is a, I don't know what the right word is for it, but... Um, men would not be seen doing that, right? Like I don't see men carrying their children in baby carriers. And so I think, well, Stephen, my husband did, but not, he didn't take them to the office with him, right? So Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's a struggle that I deal with. And and again, like I said, I do it all the time and I think we should do it. We should expose our children to Mm -hmm. every experience that we can. But I wonder if sometimes that creates not always a positive image of us. Like whoever mm-hmm. told you you were doing a great job, I agree with them wholeheartedly. Keep doing it. You're doing awesome. But I wonder mm-hmm. if some people do look at that and think like, well, she needs to either pick, you know, if she wants to be a mom or if she wants to be working mm-hmm. because a man wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's true. And Lauren, do you remember um, when we were like underclassmen, I guess, freshman, sophomore, and maybe a little, a little older, and the intro to animal science co-teacher was a woman and a mom, and there was just a lot of office chatter about that was kind of in a negative light because sometimes she would miss work for a few hours to take her kids to the doctor or, you know, mom stuff, and people just looked down upon that kind of, I guess, as a negative thing, yeah. um, that she wasn't working as hard as everyone else because she had these other obligations. And so I think that's, you know, but that's what that makes me think of. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I agree, because if my son is sick, I might go up to teach class, and I'll bring poor kid. I'll bring him to class and, you know, feed him or take care of him while, while the class is going on. But my husband, not not a, a down to him, um, but he would he would not bring him to work. He would stay home with him, so he would not try to juggle those two things. And he's an excellent, excellent dad in first, so I have to applaud him. Can I ask the mom the question? Do you feel like when you do that, um, mm-hmm. bring your child to a tour or to the classroom, do you feel like it takes away your attention from the classroom or what you're trying to do? Because I think that would be a um, somebody's question to you or like if somebody was against this, that would mm-hmm. be their point. Yeah. So I think it. You. this is something that I struggle with too on a daily basis is that you cannot – 
be 100% in your job or 100% as a mom if you're trying to merge both of them. I try to merge both of them all the time. But like when I'm at home, I need to be 100% mom. And if I'm trying to work at the same time, you know, even just answering emails, I'm taking away from the kids, but then I'm also not completely focused on the work either. So I, I do agree with that point, just the same as any other distraction would cause. Um, and as the kids get older, it's a lot more difficult. Like when I used to be able to take them in bar- baby carriers, life was simple because they just sit where you put them and they stay on you. <laughs> Whereas now they like run around like lunatics, basically. And so it's a lot harder to focus on what I'm trying to focus on. Um, But I'm lucky to have support and people who like kids and help them and, you know, are okay with me bringing them places or at least act like they are, I guess. But I think it does, it takes away from what you're trying to do. Barb, what do you think? I... Yeah, no, I totally agree, but I also think that there are distractions, like for all of us have smartphones now, and so that's really distracting, Um, and so I definitely agree when I'm at home, I try, it doesn't always happen, (laughs) to do work um, after my son goes to bed, but on weekends it's really hard, like if he's playing, I'm trying to work on something, and so I'm definitely not focused on on both, on one thing or the other as much as I should, Um, so I have my boss has made it explicitly clear to me that um, if it is outside of normal working hours that I should bring my son and he does not care at all about the um, distraction like I took my son out of a room uh, like two months ago because he was being distracting and he asked me later why I did that and I said well he was being loud and he said I don't care you need you should stay in there no it's none of anyone's business um, like if your son's here Mm -hmm. or not so that's great but it is it is distracting because if he needs a bottle, um, if he needs to get clothes changed or anything like that, you know, you can't focus on, on your job. But Well, I think the point is if, if we think about the classroom, right, you, you think about it in a traditional way. You've got your students, you're standing there lecturing, they're supposed to be focused on you. But I think it's also a little unfair to see it through just one lens. As long as the students are learning something, um, and getting something out of it, who cares what that medium looks like? If that if if it's you standing there, if it's you standing there with your kid, if it's you know an electronic version of this online, whatever. As long as the students are getting something from this and they don't feel cheated, then who cares if there's a kid or some small distraction? There are distractions everywhere, like Barb said. We also at Tarleton, we are. Um, a really neat university where we have a lot of a lot of first generation students and non traditional students and so we do have students that have to bring their children to class sometime and I've had students uh, you know ask me like is it okay if I bring my daughter's class? I, I don't have childcare that day. And yeah, please bring your, your kids to school and we're we're still moms at the end of the day and so I think that's kinda neat to, to see too that um, women are furthering their education even though um, they have children and are maybe a non-traditional student. Yeah, same here. In the middle, we have a lot of non-traditional students, and I have a lot of students who are moms, and they, they totally blow my mind because they're still participating in all these different extracurricular activities and working out at the dairy, and they just, they're getting it done. And That's what moms do, though, right? <laughs> See, that's my point. Women can, exactly. Women are good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Well, it seems like as a whole, everyone has had mostly positive experiences as women in agriculture. But is there anything else you want to add, positive or negative? I kind of just want to wrap up with my portion and just say that the ag-based community Mm -hmm. is the best community to be a part of because they do understand everything we've been talking about for the most part. Um, It's all family-based. They are very family-oriented. They like to teach people about the things they love. And to me, that's just kind of the best thing to be a part of. And it feels like you're working with people who care every day for the most part, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really feel like a job. So the ag community is one that I thoroughly enjoy being a part of. Um, Yeah, we have some steps to make in the right direction as far as equality and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a great group of people. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that um, part of what contributes to that is the fact that if you think about producers, um, a lot of them live on their farm and they spend 24-7 basically with their animals. And so they are used to, you know, incorporating their, their home life and their work life together, kind of marrying that together. And so um, it's not just something that they leave, you know, at the office and then come back to the next morning. And I think it's probably the same way for most of us, too. So generally a very positive experience for me. Um, and I, I also, you know, um, second foreign sentiments. Agriculture is, I think, really unique in that sense, and I wouldn't want to work in anything else. I, I totally totally agree um, that agriculture is the best industry to work in and being a woman in agriculture is even more fun and amazing and if I personally if I ever just am like down or I'm like a bunch around a a bunch of of men even if they're being really positive and great I think I just have to look at like all of us the four of us and then other friends that we went to grad school with that are in similar roles like Taking names and, and kicking butt. So um, I think it's unique that the four of us and, and beyond our love makes that we all have kind of a similar experience that we're um, successful and that have had ourselves on the back successful. Um, and um, all of us are, are married and, and either have kids or are thinking about kids or just extended families. So I think that um, that's really unique to have that positive experience yes, surrounding all of us. And we all have (laughs) kind of uh, grown up together. I feel like went through a lot of really good and really bad things together. So I think we are bonded forever. And it's great to see all of you being so successful so that I do have good role models, even though I'm older than some of you, but I still look to you as role models. But Barb is the oldest. (laughs) You're going to make me cry. You're going to make me cry. Stop it. No, and I just, I would also like to say that thank you um, to all three of you because I do consider you guys my best friends. And I have asked each of you about a bazillion questions over the past 10 years or so since I've known you all. And you guys have really, like, paved the path that I'm on now in your own ways. And I just, I don't, it's not a day goes by that I don't think about you lot, guys. And, th- and thank you for Aww. helping me get to where I am. So, That's so stick sweet. together, ladies. I. I'm not going to repeat what Megan said because I agree with it 110%. Would not be here without these four women. All right. Well, thank you all very, very much for everything, but for in particular being on this phone call with me. And I appreciate all of you tuning in. So make sure you like and subscribe and tune in next time. Ag Matters is produced and supported by the Mississippi State University Extension Service. Mm